I miss a green, for example, I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Welcome back to another edition of the Friday Podcast. Today's episode is with Zach Blair. Zach is a return visitor. It's been a while. Uh, I think the last time we talked to him, it was before he started construction at the tree farm. So it's uh, as the tree farm finishes, it is, uh, I think, about 90% done. It will begin to start preview play uh, in in the spring. I was excited to talk to Zach about the project building a golf course, but also his return to the PGA tour. He's uh, back on tour after a long break uh, due to a shoulder injury. So without further ado, here is Zach Blair. ZB, you're back, back on the pod. It's been a minute. Golf course got built in the time that, that you've been off the pod. Yeah. I gotta, gotta, gotta ask first, right out of the gate. I, I've always wondered, I always wanted to ask somebody, what's major medical life like? Yeah, it was pretty crazy, you know, for, um, you know, right after surgery and the end of 2020, kind of couldn't do anything for basically like eight months. So just got to hang out at home and, you know, make, make some trips to the tree farm every once in a while go see what's going on out there. But yeah, it was just basically just hanging out. Was that the longest break from golf that you can remember in your life? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it went, you know, COVID, uh, not playing any competitive golf or however long that was then kind of back, you know, for a couple of months straight into, you know, getting hurt and not being able to golf for a couple of years was pretty wild. What's uh, what's it been like being back on tour after such a long break? Yeah, I mean, it was great. Uh, you know, right out of the gates, played good at Safeway. That was, or I guess it's the Fortinet now. Um, you know, it was just cool to be playing professional golf again. You know, you kind of waiting to kind of see if you can still actually compete and play and do it for a week or two at a time. And, um, you know, it was, I think it was cool for me to actually be like, okay, I'm still, I'm still okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I mean, was, was there anything that you felt like I, now that you've been kind of back in the swing, you've been playing a lot, you, you know, you played last week, you're playing this week. Um, is there anything that you feel like you kind of took for granted um, and now that you're back, you're kind of like, oh yeah, like I forgot about that. You know, there are things, there's a lot of things out here that have changed a little bit. Um, you know, I, I did my, I did my handful of rehab starts and, you know, you're kind of, you have to rent a car and you have to do all these things that aren't like a big deal at all, you know, like total, like first world problems. But then you know, out here, it's like they got the BMW X6 for you at the Amex, you know, and, you know, you're eating like really good food in the clubhouse. So, so it's it's little things like that, that you're just kind of like, okay, this is, this is definitely where you want to be. <laughs> what, um, you know, what, what were some of the, what are some of the things that have changed that uh, you alluded to? Like what have been the biggest um, changes since you've been gone? You know, they definitely have kind of, upped how they treat caddies i would say you know you're you're actually allowed you know in the clubhouse and in the locker room where before it was like you know you could maybe sneak in and drop a player's bag off but sometimes they wouldn't let you now it's like the caddies can can be in the locker room and you know in the clubhouse and stuff like that so you know having the russian out I keep telling him, I'm like, man, you're lucky you started doing this this year because you know you're you're actually like a, a person. They're treating you like uh, you, you know they they should be. So that's one. And maybe uh, they changed it because they knew he was coming out. They wanted to impress him. You know, 
That's what I, yeah. I mean, that was the first thing I thought for sure. Um, you know, another one, another thing kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum, I think there's a lot of events that have, they might be getting back uh, into it a little bit, but there are a handful of events like this week at, at the farmers, like no courtesy cars, which is kind of like crazy. You know what I mean? And And I think they, during the, right right on the comeback out of covid they started doing that a little bit more and you know i think they're starting to kind of get some events where they do the courtesy cars and stuff but that is one that's like holy cow it is crazy you know that's that's shut that. that shuttle ride to san diego rental car is it's no joke that's like a 15 minute ride <laughs> luckily i had my uh, i had my truck out um you know parked it in Palm Springs before we went to Hawaii and, you know, have it for the whole West coast. But uh-huh. you know, I can't, I was lucky this week cause I didn't, I didn't even know, but you know, again, like total first world problems. But I, I did remember one thing that you asked that was like uh, the first question when you're like, you know, coming back, like what were some things that were, you know, nice to have nice to make some money actually you know i went two years you know without making any having no income basically that's a, that's a long time not to not to make any money so you know golfing for money is cool how does that work does like the i've always i when you make when you say tournament ends does like the does the check hit you're like, I assume everything's direct deposit. And does it direct deposit in like Monday? Is it like Tuesday? Does it? Does I think it it's vary? usually like Monday. I think it's uh Tuesday, I think. Um, oh, yeah. It's got to be it's amazing. Pretty, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Again, for, you know, not, not having that happen for two years. And, you know, I was on a major medical. So you like, they, they have some insurance policy that kicks in after, you know, I don't know, it's like six months you have to be out before you start getting like, I don't know what it is, like 10 or 15, $20,000. I don't know what it exactly it is. But then I had to basically get off of that um, at the start of this year or the start of last year, excuse me, like way before I even started golfing again. But that's when like, you know, basically the doctor was kind of like, yeah, his shoulders like, recover you know he's recovered and he can start practicing again there wasn't i guess there wasn't like great communication uh between like whoever does the insurance policy and like the surgeon and the doctors and my physical therapist and everything because i wasn't starting you know to play until august basically so Uh i went like i i legit went basically like from january to august without you know like any income no money and uh I was like, oh, that sucks. Because you hear about some of these guys that are on these medicals for, you know, 10 years and, you know, they're just cashing in this 15 or $20,000 check. I was like, gosh, damn, that would be, that would have been sick. I would have just stayed on that thing forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think some of them have, uh, that's maybe the problem. They're getting too wise to the the guys that have been mooching that have, you know, the degenerative uh, toe or something that is prohibiting them from playing. What's what's been the toughest thing about coming back? The travel, you know, traveling sucks. Like it, being able to just be at home with my family for two years was kind of like, wow, this is like pretty awesome. Like get to see my kids grow up, get to just hang out with, you know, my wife and the dogs and the kids every single day and just go out and, you know, take the dogs out for a walk and go take Charlie to the golf course. Like that's pretty good. Then when you have to, get on a plane and not see them for four weeks. You're kind of like, yeah, this, this gets pretty old pretty quick. I, do you feel like travel, your, your mentality to, to travel really changed with, uh, with having kids. And, and because I feel like, you know, when I, for people that follow you on, on Instagram or, or, you know, over the years, it's like, you know, your, your travel was, I, you go play some of the best courses in the world. And, and obviously, you know, I think I, I I share some of the sentiment with travel, but has it? Do you feel like your mentality towards it really changed with uh, with kids? Yeah, for sure. Because you know, before kids, it was just me and my wife. You know, and she could go anywhere and not have to worry about anything, and you know, take do whatever she wanted. Right now, 
now it's like, do you really want to take the show on the road? And it's like, <laughs> it's already hard enough with, it's already hard enough at home, you know? And then you're like, well, do you want to do that? Like, dude, when we, when we packed, when we went to Hawaii, we had to have like multiple cars go to the airport just for like me, my wife, you know, the two kids and, you know, my wife's mom. It was like seven, eight bags, the golf clubs, the, the, you know, the pack and play, all the kids stuff. Like it's, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, it's totally different. It's, it's funny. I, I saw when I was, uh, when I was covering the open, uh, we, I, the Russics was like right next door to the dorm that I was staying in. Talk about like a, you know, different class citizen, right? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> I'm staying at a college dorm and across the across the street from the Russics, but I'll never forget Monday morning. I can't remember who the player was, but it was like a player that had a kid, and they were packing up this this SUV, and they, you know, they had spent a couple weeks abroad with the kid, and yeah. and I, anybody that's traveled with a young kid, it's just. <laughs> It's it's like going to war when you travel, like you know, like the day you're going to the airport and feel. And I don't, I don't mean to mischaracterize going to war, but like it, mentally, you have to like prepare yourself for like a lot of different outcomes. And you're just, it's like you're on, like you have like that. It's almost like tournament golf, like you have like a nervous energy about you all day. That like really, at the end of the day, you like are drained. Yeah, I'm so bad. I'm so bad at it too. Thankfully, my wife is like unbelievable and you know can kind of tolerate a, a much higher level than me with all of this stuff but i'm like one thing happens and i'm like i'm gone like i'm just like you know hands on my head like how am i going to get through this day like i don't think i'm cut out to be a dad <laughs> so are you you know with how are you planning your schedule with obviously like does that factor into how you plan now in obviously you know the tours the setup and the events have changed a lot since you've been out, but it does like home time and prioritizing some time at home now factor into how you plan. Yeah, this year. So I have like 18 starts left or something like that. Um, and the schedule just kind of works out that there's, you know, like 17 or 18 more events that are, you know, full point events, uh, you know, that I'll, that I'll kind of get in, you know, so it, 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 I just kind of based my schedule off of kind of what I would get in and, you know, it kind of worked out pretty good where there's a couple weeks on a couple weeks off and it just kind of goes, goes about that basically till the end of the year. So it wasn't too hard. Did being away from golf, from competitive golf, like change at all the way you thought about golf when you came back? Yeah, right when I came back, um, I, I started, like I said, kind of these handful of rehab starts on the Corn Ferry Tour. And I mean, it was really just about like a lot of patience, you know, playing really, really smart, kind of bogey avoidance. And it was all about like, can I make four or less bogeys like for the entire week? And I did a really good job of that on the web. And I did a really good job of that, uh, that first week back at, at the, at the Fortinet. And then it's kind of like gone out the window from, <laughs> from then on, basically of, you know, but I mean, it, it really kind of allowed me to kind of step back those couple of years and just be like, you know, I just need to like make less mistakes. Everyone just seems like they make less mistakes than me, um, whether it's being too aggressive or what. But um, that was the kind of biggest takeaway that I saw. So it's kind of getting back to, you know, can I do that? Can I do a better job of, you know, avoiding mistakes basically every week? So, did you did you watch a lot of golf? There were, I mean, a handful of, you know, you're kind of watching the majors. Um you know, there, there's a handful of people. I don't know if Tiger really ever played. I don't. I think he was kind of hurt around, you know, most of that stuff. But it was kind of just the majors, and you know, if you're sitting on the couch or something on a Sunday, and there's some big names, you know, in contention, you might might flip it on between, you know, football or something like that. But not a ton. Mm -hmm. Did you? I guess you obviously built a golf course and we'll get into that during this time also, um, which was, I think, probably pretty nice that it coincided 
Um, but like, what would you have done with the injury time if you didn't have building? Do you think it would have been harder to be injured and away from golf if you weren't building a golf course? I think so for sure. You know, those first handful of months, it was kind of a, a cool break, right? You're kind of like rehabbing, doing physical therapy and stuff like that. And you're like, wow, this is going to be awesome. Like, you know, getting a nice break. And then, you know, five or six months into it, you're like, have the itch pretty bad to be like, wow, like I went from playing golf, like multiple rounds a day, every day for 30 years, you know, like 30 years of my life, basically, to not even being able to swing. I I think it was, yeah, definitely would have been like, basically impossible for me to, you know, to do anything. It, It was a cool, like, way to take my mind off it. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I I cut my finger. I'm not to compare cutting my finger, but I cut my finger really bad a couple like it was like a month and a half ago, and I couldn't swing. I couldn't grip a club for a while. I hit like three balls with it. Shortly after, I was like, "Oh no way!" And then I kept like trying, and it was like, and like I was ended up being away for a couple, like for like I basically didn't play for two months because of it, and yeah. like it at first. It, and this is the way I kind of always felt with winter in Chicago. Is like you get like that, like golf season ends and you're like, okay, like I can do some other stuff on weekends, like for a casual golfer like me, like I can do some other stuff. It's not like at the top of my mind on like, what am I going to do this weekend? And then like you get like two months and it's just like, I really need to go play golf. (laughs) Like, you know, it's funny how it, how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically exactly how it was. It was kind of my surgery was you know, at the end, you know, towards the end of the year, like November-ish or something like that. So it was, the season was kind of winding down and it was kind of, you know, routine, right? We're kind of shutting it down for a few months, going to hang out, you know, spend t- spend the holidays with the family and stuff like that. But, you know, when the masters started rolling around and you're like, holy cow, like I'm not doing this right now. It was pretty, it was pretty tough. For me, the fan, it, it feels like, I, I don't know, I always look back on the year and I think the best time on the PGA Tour is like right now. Like we're in the middle of like the best period of PGA Tour golf. Does it feel like that for a player or is it just like you're just focused? We, like, I, you know, I'm just curious. Do you have favorite stretches? Is there like things that like you're really amped up about? I've always enjoyed the West Coast, just, you know, being from Utah, it's pretty easy. You know, the family's always out. We're kind of driving up and down the the coast during this stretch. So I, I've always enjoyed it. Um, you know, Hawaii is obviously really cool to go over there for a little bit. But um, so yeah, I've always I've always liked this kind of period uh, of golf as well. Um, after this stretch, kind of when you start heading back to Florida. You know, it seems like the the schedules all all over the place in terms of it's kind of like a couple weeks off and then like a few weeks off if you're not in the majors. So you're kind of going on if you're not in the majors, a couple weeks off and then back on and then you know. So it's all chopped up basically like the next three months once you kind of hit the Florida swing. So, um, but honestly, it's kind of like every week's. It's just a job, right? You're, you're trying to. <laughs> You're trying to do the best you can that week and get after it. So the Nicholas Colsarts quote or something like, I, I got tired of uh, of the same Caesar salad every week, you know, in the U.S. <laughs> that's why I went back to the European tour. <laughs> um, um, the Let's talk about the tree farm. Um, I, w- I went out there. I was, uh, it was nice to see it in, in, a, in its almost full, full glory and uh, it was really... I haven't really talked much about it, but I was really, uh, really blown away with what you guys accomplished out there. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd be interested from from your standpoint. What what were the differences as you're like nearing? I'd say what you're 90 percent done with the with yeah. the course. Yeah. Um, differences between your original vision and the result at, at the tree farm. I mean, better you know i think it's a lot better than i ever thought it could ever be or would ever be um which is obviously a 
a bonus and you know kai and <laughs> tom and everybody matt smallwood and you know, everyone that worked out there you know has just kind of crushed it and brought a lot of really cool ideas and you know stuff to the table um and they're kind of out there right now um it's crazy to see how much it's even changed since you were out there now that they've kind of started to to kind of tie in all the edges on the front nine and stuff like that so um but i think it turned out like as good or better than i could have ever thought it would have which was always the goal right it's like if you could make a really cool golf course that people you know enjoy playing and like uh, coming out to you kind of that that's the start of it so yeah one of the things that i was taken aback by was like you know from going there early on going there in the middle of the project like i knew the land was really good but then playing the golf course as a whole i was like god this was this is really a, a great piece of land um and i think that was something that stuck with me is like you know i knew that knew it was a really nice piece of ground but then you know when when everything is set out and and laid out it was like god this is this is a really great piece of land yeah yeah i you know when when we bought it i had obviously never built a golf course before but i had spent a little time out there kind of you know walking through the trees and it felt like it should be cool right it felt like it should be good but you never really know. And then obviously Tom and Kai and, you know, everybody that kind of worked on the routing did a really good job of making sure that that part of it was, you know, set in place. And, you know, we've, we've had a bunch of chats about it. It's kind of like, that's the starter, right? You got to make sure you get that one right. And I think we did. Um, and, you know, I think it shows off like the, the property in a really, really great way where you, uh, you know, get the visuals and you get the, the look of the terrain and the, the topography and everything like that, but you're not really kind of battling it every hole kind of up and down it. In most cases, it's like we hired X architect and he built it. You have a unique situation where, um, obviously you were heavily involved with the golf course, uh, design and, and project and in just the vision. Um, but you also had Kai Golby who, for those that don't know, he's a longtime shaper, also had done some uh, significant solo work before this 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 project. And then you had Tom Doak, who made a couple visits to the property and really lent himself from like a routing standpoint. You know, what what aspects do you think like what are the things having worked with a couple with both of them? What were the things that they really excelled at? Well, Tom, obviously, you know, like understands everything with golf, you know, our architecture in general, but, but like the focus was bringing him in to, to help with the routing, um, you know, early on a, a lot of people, including Kai, you know, had mentioned that he would be a, a perfect person to maybe kind of lend a hand and, and help out, uh, with that. And it's something he really enjoys doing and, you know, He's probably the, the best in the whole world at doing that. So it was really cool to just see, um, you know, his whole process and, and be involved in a in a little way um, and, and kind of see it from start to finish. And then obviously see how the golf was built on top of his routing was really cool. And then with Kai, I mean, he's obviously so talented uh, in the dozer and, you know, like he just like beautiful to watch him work you know what i mean and he has like such an attention to detail um and you know he would just be out there like just like shaping the like craziest little things that you're just like what are you doing and then all of a sudden you know a day later uh you know it would like totally like change the golf hole or the green or you know the the tee shot like whatever he was doing it was just like he has such a like such a passion for, for doing that. Um, and it was just really cool to kind of see that whole side of it. And he was, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, like worked more with Kai. Uh, Tom was obviously involved in the routing and then, um, you know, he let me and Kai kind of do the rest of it. Um, so it was like Kai and me talked like every day for multiple years. Um, about every little 
thing, every single hole, every single green, every single uh, everything, you know? So it was, it was just cool to just see that whole process, um, see why he did certain things. I would have ideas that, you know, Hey, could we do this here? And, you know, he, he did a really good job of, you know, I don't want to say like mentoring, but, you know, kind of trying to explain to me like, yeah, that's a cool idea, but like, this is why we can't do that, you know, cause we need to move the water, you know, here and take it this way. And if you put that there, it's not going to work. So it, it was just, the whole thing was really cool and, you know, very thankful for both of them and, you know, everybody else that that's kind of been involved. Do you have a moment with, uh, with the, you know, daily conversations with Kai, uh, where like, is there one conversation that ever like stands out in terms of like something that that really got better because of that that you know basically collaboration i mean the 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 one that really really stands out is 13 so 13 is this big dog leg right par five and you know when we routed it uh it was it was like a big change when we you know tom had his original routing then we kind of worked on it and he came out and we made like some significant changes to it. And so 13 was this big dog leg right par five. And it, it, there was this really, really like beautiful green site that was just like really cool kind of out on this little point. And it just wasn't working from, you know, a second shot, like going for a par five and two, like it just wasn't working for whatever reason. So like midway through building that hole, you know, I had kind of like convinced Kai, like, Hey, I think we should like maybe change this to, instead of like staying up top the whole way, like this big dog leg, right. That, that kind of stays on the top of this, uh, you know, Valley. Basically I was like, we should kind of go down the hill. And so we basically had to blow up the green site to make it work for, you know, this approach shot that I wanted to change it, you know, from, from down in the Valley. And I think like midway through that Kai was like, Hey man, like, nah, like this is, this isn't, this isn't going to be cool. Like it's not going to be as cool as that was. And, you know, I had to really kind of put my trust in him, obviously, like he's done this before. He knows a lot more than me. And it was, it was just a really cool part of the process because it ended up being better than it was originally because we had to rework the green and kind of build it any way we wanted to, but kind of put it back. And, you know, they did a really cool job putting it back, but to work for going for it in two from up top. So it was like, it was definitely like this, uh, you know, aha moment where it was kind of like, all right, like Kai's got this. And, And it was early in the build, right? That was like, one of the first two or three holes we were working on and it was really kind of like giving him the keys like totally at that point and being like all right like if you need my help or my opinion on something you can ask me but like you've got a good idea of like what we're doing here and you know i i kind of gave him my full trust at that point like i'll I'll chime in here and there but i think you're a lot smarter than me so i don't want to screw anything up it's uh I feel like architects probably would all say they they wish they had more clients or committees that that realize that they've been doing this for a really long time, you know. Totally, totally. And I tried to be it was a fine line for me because I definitely did want to be involved, but I definitely understood that I didn't like understand as much as these people you know, but again, like I, I did want to be involved in it. So, um, I tried to give my opinion, but at the same time, like if Kai didn't like my opinion or had a a differing opinion, I would definitely like be okay with kind of what he was thinking in the whole process. Now for a quick word from our sponsor, Lumen. Lumen is a skincare brand that specializes in skincare stuff for men. 
uh, this is rare. Obviously, men have different skin. Uh, so this is a skincare uh, brand that really focuses on you. Uh, it is a really high quality product. Uh, I got some of this stuff and I started using it and uh, really like it. You know, it's a comprehensive solution. And, you know, one of the neat things about it is that you can go on their website and you can really fill out a you fill out a quick questionnaire. It doesn't take very long and it'll it'll recommend exactly what you should be doing. So they have these bundles that they recommend and, you know, they each of them, you know, this cater to your skincare needs. And, uh, you know, I personally was uh, recommended the anti-fatigue essentials bundle. So it uh, it, uh, you know, obviously keeps your face clean and keeps your face hydrated. Golf takes a toll on your skin. So take better care of it with uh, Lumen. And, you know, thousands of people trust Lumen uh, because it works. And they have over 5,000 five-star reviews. I think that's pretty good. Uh, if you go to LumenSkin.com, you can get a free 30-day trial. Uh, and you will get a free gift if you use the code TFE. So that's a three free 30-day trial. Um, they're so confident in their product that they know it'll work at lumenskin.com, as well as a free gift with the promo code TFE. So uh, go take care, better care of your skin. Obviously, golf, playing a lot of golf takes a toll on it. Um, and uh, go to lumenskin.com. Thank you. And now back to Zach Blair. How how would you characterize the differences between your early routings? Because, you know, you, you had a lot of iterations of the routings and then what Tom put together. What what was really different about him and what were the things that he did differently with this plot of land? That Like, I think this is like a rare instance where you had your routings and then, you know, you had somebody else come in and route, you know, over the top of, of yours. Right. So like, what were the things that were different that the way Tom used the ground than, than what you were planning to do? I mean, uh, a lot. I mean, it was a lot better. Um, number <laughs> one, um, you know, the biggest difference I would say is, when I, I could always find cool holes, you know what I mean? Like I could, I could find cool spots, cool pieces of the property, cool land to, to take holes. Um, and, but my stuff was going to be a lot more like, Hey, we're going to build this hole here. And then we're going to, you know, build the 10th green at Riviera or, or something like that. Right. Like, like we're going to try and do something here where, his was always like the opposite, right? Like, Hey, I've got this cool green site. Like how are we going to get to this green site from here? So, you know, I, I think I always tried to work from like finding cool land. He always tried to work from like picking out cool green sites, which is probably the appropriate way to do it. Um, that's interesting. Like, it's almost like he, like, probably, I don't know. I, someday we'll do this. We'll have to have this conversation with Tom, but like almost zeroing in on all the A plus green sites and then working your way back from there. Yeah. And, and Kai was kind of like that too. I remember when we were right when I had brought Kai in, you know, he had been to my routing and walked it and looked at it. And then he kind of like sent me back some stuff and like would just circle like, you know, we need to get like to this green and we need to get to this green and we need to get to this green. So, you know, I think it's a little easier now seeing how they actually build golf courses, like, you know, working that way. Um, and then, you know, my routing, I would say like definitely took on the land a lot more like head on where Tom like traversed it and it wasn't a lot of like straight up and down. Like mine, mine would have been really really cool and crazy and wild um but it, you know again it would have been really crazy and wild like and i think it would have got a little repetitive on mine kind of playing over these big landforms and you know up and over up and over where his is like a good mix of you know playing down through the valleys and then up and then being up on top of the ridges and you know just you know the the elevation change like the lowest point where golf is to the highest point i bet it's like 
70 or, you know, 70 feet difference, but you never, besides the walk up to four green, you never really feel like you're going like way up and way down. You know, it's just kind of like gently going up and around and over stuff. So that was a, I think that was another kind of like big difference. And then the main, the main one was just like I said, like I, I could always find cool holes, but then it would always get to a point in the routing where it was like, Oh crap. Like, where do we go from here? You know, and how do we get back to cool golf? So let's just piece together a few holes to get over there. And, you know, Tom pieced together like 18 really good golf holes without really, you know, sacrificing like a, a, a average hole here or there to get back to good golf. What. Well, uh... <laughs> The way I've always thought about it, and this is, comes from somebody that hasn't ever routed a course, and I, I just, to me, the holes that you kind of have to hang on to are when you find the really good long holes, right? Like the good, like great par fours and fives, knowing, like, on, because you can almost find par threes a lot of places with a really nice piece of land like you had, right? Yeah, and par threes, you know, when you when you see like seventeen at at the tree farm, it was kind of like Tom and Kai always just basically said like we're just gonna have to like create something cool here, and it's the easiest place to create something, right? They're the shortest holes. It's really just like kind of do whatever you want. So, um, yeah, the the long holes I, I would assume are probably tougher. You know, I I just kind of chimed in here and there with with Tom's stuff and kind of let him you know take care of it and he did a good job did you guys make any changes from Tom's uh routing uh, outside of like 13 well yeah so he he you know he kind of did all the work off the topo map like initially and kind of sent me snippets you know where he was going and you know eventually you know like a week into it or whatever, he kind of had his thoughts on like, this is, this is our starting point. And then I'm going to come down in, you know, next month or whatever, and we'll go walk it and figure it out from there. And so I was pretty familiar with the property because I had just been out a lot and seen it. So when I saw Tom's, I was, you know, so excited to go kind of explore and I knew where most of it kind of went and everything like that. And And then when he came down, we all walked it and we definitely like that, that, you know, a day later or whatever, we made, you know, some pretty significant edits, um, with, with where some holes were going, uh, basically like right. What, what is now 10, 11, 12, 13 was a, was like a big kind of redo. Um, just, you know, and, and that's totally different. And then, from and and Tom was obviously involved in all of that that part of it and then when we were kind of like okay this is it and started actually building golf and then it was kind of like me and Kai um i think we we kind of like we shortened 12 a little bit cuz 12 13 was going to be back to back par fives and we so we shortened 12 a little bit um to make it a long par 4 just because we thought 13 worked better um, from where we have it, just from a walking standpoint, everything like that. And then the, the only other real change was moving seven, seven green. It used to be kind of like way right up in the dune. And now it's like way left over, you know, on the, on the hill. What were, uh, what was something that was a lot easier than you expected? about the whole process man finding like cool people that wanted to be involved <laughs> like you know i think i think that was um that was a you know obviously not building golf but it was it was just fun to see like how many people kind of believed in it and wanted to be a part of it so that's been really cool just you know just seeing the membership you know uh, happen and, um, just getting a bunch of really cool people. But, um, on the, on the golf side of it, um, man, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of the golf was a lot harder or easier 
than I kind of thought. I knew it would be like challenging um, and and that whole sort of thing. So I don't think there was a ton, maybe like, man, I don't know, honestly, that's a, that's a good one. I'd have to think about that. What about harder? What was it? Was there an aspect that was uh, like way more difficult than you expected? I think from building a golf standpoint, you know, I, I think we went in kind of thinking that the place was just, you know, pure sand for like hundreds of feet. And, uh, you know, it was kind of definitely um, different than that in certain areas. And it was kind of like a hodgepodge of, of stuff. So there's, you know, some areas like up on, up on the tops of the ridges that are, that are pretty sandy. And, you know, I think was a lot easier to build golf over there for, um, you know, Kai and everybody else. And then there are some areas kind of like down in the lows, um, you know, that get more into like sandy clay, you know, it's still, still kind of sandy material, but it's not like, you know, beach sand or, or something that, you know, you find out at like sand hills where it's just like USGA spec, like ready to roll. So I think, I think that, that part was just, I mean, just everything was like pretty eye opening, honestly, just the whole construction standpoint was like, I mean, I thought you just like hopped in a dozer and like made a push and you're like, all right, that's like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's the, uh, like fairway, you know? And it's just like, you see him like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you're like, what the hell are these guys doing? And then you come back a day later and, you know, they have something really cool. That's having spent a, a decent amount of time on some projects now, like something that always sticks with me is how, if you come back every day, it feels like nothing changed. But then if you're gone for like, even like two or three days you come back and you're like whoa so much but if you're watching it in real time you're like there's nothing going on nothing's happening here this guy just keeps going back and forth on this (laughs) little like 20 yard plot of area and you're like no you know this is this is like watching paint dry a little bit yeah so going into the process like i was legit like gonna move out we had a house right on the property and i was gonna like move out there for like you know i don't know like three months basically and was telling my wife like, Hey, I'm going to be gone for like three months. I'll come home like every once in a while, but I'm going to, I got to be there for the the whole thing. Cause I got to, you know, see them, you know, build all the greens and do all this stuff. And, and that's what happened. Like it, it was like a week into construction and I was, you know, I thought I was going to be like, okaying like a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and, it, you know, it was like three, four days in and I was like, you know what, I'm going to call an audible here. I'll probably just like come back like once or twice a month and we'll look at a bunch of stuff and kind of, you know, go from there. Uh, but that, that was definitely kind of eye opening. I, I, I'm laughing. I, I don't know if you've seen any of the, like the videos they've been doing for the, that JT Jack Nicholas project where they're like in the cart, they're making them really dramatic. It's like the, that like Instagram versus reality kind of thing is like, that would be like Instagram version of like, you're constantly going around, like pointing at things, talking through. And then reality would be like, you're looking at like one thing for like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is crazy. Like, um, I mean, it's all just so wild. Like I see those videos too. And it's just like, yeah, it's funny. Um, were there any holes that going into it, you just weren't quite sure how they turned out and, and you just, you know, then we're like, Oh, that actually turned out really good. I like where you weren't, maybe we're, weren't sure there was enough, uh, enough things going on that actually pleasantly surprised you? You know, we're kind of in that whole process right now, you know, and, and Kai probably wants to kill me with, uh, you know, all, all of me and my friends kind of like chiming in on, on certain holes. But, uh, I think the, the biggest, you know, the biggest ones were, like initially 10 and five, just, you know, do they have kind of enough going on? Right. And, uh, I think they've turned out cool and they're, they're subtle holes and they have their kind of highlights, you know, around and on the greens. Um, but honestly it was kind of like the the other way. I, I think there were a lot more holes that 
we're like, oh yeah, this is going to be cool. And then when they're actually done and grassed and built, you're like, holy shit, this is, this is like wild. Like, this is awesome. With the subtle holes, is it, is it hard to keep from over featuring a hole? I think on these two examples on five and 10, it was kind of like, just overall, the course is like a very generous driving course as is like, you know, there's a lot of fairway, big fairways, you know, a lot of room to kind of play off the tee. And both of these holes are kind of short holes. And it's like, is there enough interest off of the tee? You know, cause people are like, you know, just in general, they inherently like kind of like the eye candy, like, like something going on. Right. And it, it, both of these are kind of like, you have a lot of room and there, there are areas that it, it's kind of beneficial to be, but they're not really that obvious. And that's kind of how they were designed though. Right. Like that's why Kai and, and me, um, you know, kind of liked them initially. But, you know, when other people play them, especially good players, right? You're kind of like, you can't always just try and make them like more challenging because the good players think they're too easy. So it's it's kind of that balance of, you know, not wanting to do too much, you know, but at the same time, you don't want it to just be like, you always can just pull driver. And, and that was kind of the, that's kind of the debate on five was, you know, didn't want it to just be like aimlessly always pull driver can hit it anywhere in the grass and you, you know, you're okay. So, um, did you leave it yeah. without any bunkers or are you adding stuff to that hole? What we did was kind of like we removed basically where the, on the right side, it kind of, you know, wrapped around the tree line and kind of connected to six fairway. And it just made it like such a massive space that like you could just pull driver and hit a horrible shot and miss way right. And I think we always figured that that green was going to kind of like slope more away and and be like a much harder shot if you blocked it way right and it really didn't turn out quite as hard as we thought from over there so we just basically kind of like extended the uh you know the woods out a little further we brought it out a little further left and then a little you know into six fairway so it's just kind of like you know native woods you know just off grass like what you would see off of the grass there you know, just, just for a little, you know, not like, oh my gosh, I can hit it anywhere here. So you got preview play starting in a couple months. Like what are, what's, are you most excited about from a feedback perspective? I mean, mostly just, you know, when people come out, it's been interesting, like from a membership standpoint, you know, some people have, you know, been out a lot, you know, shout out to big country. And, uh, you know, some people Great have guy. literally <laughs> the best. And some people have been out, you know, maybe like never, you know, like I, I know like a couple of the Utah guys have, have never been out. Um, so I'm just excited for people to see it because, you know, you see the pictures online. I've been like really active on, on like showing people the process. And I would say the main takeaway usually when people come out is like, holy cow, it's like so much better than the pictures. You know, it's so much bigger than the pictures. The scale is huge and you can't really capture the topography or the scale or anything like that in the pictures. So I'm just pretty pumped for people to, you know, actually just like get out and play it and like see what Kai and, you know, everyone built. Changing subjects a little. I've not, Now that you've kind of gone through a process of building a golf course, how would you design a course for PGA Tour pros if you're starting from scratch? I mean, a lot of water hazards and, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I was, if you're building a course for like the best people in the world, the, the thing that scares professional golfers is like hazards. You know what I mean? It's the one thing that kind of like will deter you from playing at a hole. Um, so you would like, you need to get on a site that's like ridiculously sandy, or you need to spend like a billion dollars, like just sand capping it so much that it can actually play firm and, you know, drain and you can, you know, you don't have to rely on like perfect weather for it to, to play how it's supposed to play. And then just like, you know, unfortunately you just got to like 
hazard the shit out of it and make it really hard. <laughs> I feel like I feel like sometimes tour event tour courses are like ridiculously firm, but the the level of play is so high and the ability to hit the ball high like it doesn't it sometimes like it looks soft on TV when it's actually firm. Yeah, they they do, you know, for the most part, like, you know, it's usually like fairly firm, nothing, nothing like crazy outside of a handful of events a year. And I mean, it all de- it totally depends on the weather. You know what I mean? Like if you if you have no rain, you know, and it's not super windy and, you know, the conditions are right. Some events like Bay Hill or, you know, some of them can get the can get the greens like rocks and make it ridiculous and you know bay hill's getting in bay hill's getting in trouble for their for their i know i I mean i played it a few years ago and it was like it was just kind of like it didn't really matter right it didn't matter if you're in the fairway or the rock or whatever it was kind of like you just had to land it short and run it up anyway so it's always a fine line it's always tough but i mean it's so hard. Like players are like so good. Like I, I played today with Brendan Steele and Sam Ryder and uh, they shot they like played nine good. And, yeah. They shot like nine and eight <laughs> under or like eight and seven under. And it's like, geez, like it's not that easy. You know what I mean? It's like the course is long. The rough is, the rough is so thick. The greens are, you know, fast and bumpy and you know, they shoot like nothing. And you're like, Holy cow. People are just good at golf. Yeah, yeah, I feel I I don't know. I I don't know if you ever think about this. I I you know, it, it, but like from when you got on tour um to now, do you feel like the level of play has has risen? I don't think so. I mean, like it's just people it's hit the it same. forever. You know, there's just now there's, you know, 140 people that hit it 300 plus and you know, when I started there was 10. You know, it's just like and when when people hit it that far, it's like the percentages are like X amount of people are going to like putt good that week. You know what I mean? It's like everyone just hits it so far. It's crazy. It's like literally ridiculous. Yeah. Joseph Labania had an interesting article. I, I doubt you read it. Um, so I'll like uh, basically summarize it um, quickly here. But it was a it was about how at Tory distance is just such a huge advantage because there's such low penalty if you hit it far of of like when you hit it really far if you hit it offline it's not a huge penalty versus like any compared to augusta national where augusta's generous off the tee but when you get off the generous spots it's very difficult to recover from Mm-hmm. versus like at Tory you can miss wide and recover. Yeah. Yeah, Tory's like especially like with they've taken out so many trees, you know, in the last since I started, you know, like and I played a practice round the other day and it was just like people hitting it like 335 and it like didn't really matter if you were in the fairway or not. Obviously it's better if you're in the fairway, but it's like you're still hitting like nine iron or pitching wedge or sand wedge and i'm like you know hitting it 275 and having like five iron in it's like i better hit the fairway and you know still it's harder <laughs> you gotta get out of the heavy heavy ocean air you know then you can start beating out there 300 it's funny like when i go and play stony you know it was, sony was fairly firm in the fairways this year the greens weren't crazy firm but the fairways were and it was like you know i'm hitting shots out there and just big bounces and like hitting it close to people you know what i mean the knuckle like, the knuckle where, knuckleballer yeah you know and then then you go to like freaking last week at the american express or here and guys like I legit i played a practice round with someone the other day um and then even like brendan Steele. i mean he was hitting it like 50 60 by me like a couple of times and you're just like he just hits this smoky like high perfect draw and you're like, oh my gosh! Like that would be so nice to hit at three ten. I've been playing. I've been playing retro for like a year, and I got. I was play. I played Oak Hill on like a cold 
day after it rained it was like a soggy it was like raining in in and out of rain but it had rained so much the last few days and i got i got so tired like on the back nine i just like took i one of the guys from our team i was like just give me your driver give me the modern driver i need it yeah <laughs> like, it yeah like, just disheart when the ball stops and, and it's just you know it just it kills you um well we're getting out of here um, I got two two questions to f- finish up here with. Um, you know, you're finishing your first project that you're you know heavily involved with. Um, what do you see the the future of your involvement with golf course um, development, construction, and design being? Have you thought of it uh, about it? And uh, just curious where where your head's at with that. Yeah, it was obviously really cool. You know, seeing the whole thing, and you know, definitely made me. Uh, you know, want to do more of it. Obviously, the big thing for me is wanting to build TBC in Utah still. And, you know, that's kind of hopefully, you know, the next little uh, project, hopefully in the next year or two, we can find somewhere, somewhere to do it. And, you know, it's kind of, I think people will see the tree farm and you think it's a really cool spot. And, you know, hopefully, something an opportunity kind of pops up you know in the near future in utah one project at a time is a nice way to think about it right you could never get totally. it too far ahead of yourself if you do it that way yeah yeah and it was it was cool like i mean i really kind of went into the project thinking like you know this is really like the only the only thing i want to do um in terms of like, if this was the only one that would be okay. But I've always really focused on like still wanting to do TBC. And then during the project, after the project, it was really, it was really kind of eye opening being like, yeah, man, like that would be a cool little, you know, that'd be a cool little gig when you're, you know, 45 or 50 kind of going around and, you know, building cool golf courses like that wouldn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. And in different capacities too, right? Like, you know, there, that's something I think I, I found really interesting. I talked to James Duncan, who is a longtime Corin Crenshaw associate, and he just, he talked in a lot of detail about Ben's involvement and how like they, you know, Ben's not like uber, uber day on site involved, but it's like about getting Ben out at the exact right times. And how interesting, like people think of like different, there are so many different roles of a project. And I think that's something I've learned over the last few years is like just how much goes into it and how little role, seemingly little roles make such a huge impact on the greater project. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, his involvement is like, it makes it better. Right. It's like yeah. his little insight here and there. And even if it's changing like the sixth green or something like that, you know, it could make a, it could make like a, a drastic difference in that golf hole. And that golf hole makes a big difference in the golf course itself. So, um, well, I mean, like, that's like an amazing thing. I, sometimes I think about this as like, if I took away this one little feature, how, an extraordinary hole could turn into an ordinary hole. Or if you took away something, it might vastly improve a hole. It's like, it's, you know, the line of like, it's, it's a fascinating thing, right? It's because like a lot of the, like the best stuff is really like, kind of like, if you move something a couple yards, it makes a huge difference. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the whole like thing. That's the whole discussion on five. Right now, it's kind of like, you know, you don't want to do something that just makes it stupid or makes it worse. But if you but if there's something that is just enough that makes it better, it could be way better. But you never really know. So it's and you could do nothing and it could be perfect. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that's where Kai's at right now. He's kind of like, dude, the whole stick. Like, I I think everyone should just shut up. (laughs) I liked it. I kind of thought it was nice. I think you like, I mean, my two cents and people that have never been, not many people have been there, but you kind of like the the first four holes are really in your face. And I love the fifth is just this like cool little like chill hole. 
and there's just enough going on that makes you think and you like I found myself like the second time around really trying to push it up the left because I want to get up the left. But then uh-huh. you have some you have some trouble over there. I don't know. I think yeah, it's a hole that yeah. could get in people's head. I like the holes. I, yeah, I do too. I do like too. you expect to walk off that with a three, but it's really hard to make a three. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's well, really hard. Yeah. It's not easy to make a three. But you got to ex- You know, you got to do the right things. You got to hit two good shots and make a putt, or you got to hit one. You got to hit one good shot and make the putt. I guess that's the that's the argument right now. Is kind of like. Right now, the drive before they made this the slight changes to the right that they have recently was the drive was so you as long as you didn't snap hook one left in the trees, you could kind of get away with blocking one seventy yards right and still just having a wedge on the green. So I think that was the whole argument. But I, I think Kai and those guys they did a really good job, and you know, excited for you-, you guys to see it. I gave you my two cents. Just move the tee up and call the par three and have ass kicker par three, ass kicker par three. It'd be the same thing. <laughs> that would be, uh, be tough. Uh, that last last question uh, here before we let you go. Um, you're, you're an elite, elite golf traveler. Um, <laughs> I, you've been a lot of places. What are what are the a few courses and or areas? of both the country and the world that that you're really keen to see in the in the near future. New Zealand, you know, um that would probably be like number 1 on my list and then uh I've never we been We got to go. Direct yeah, flight for me now. Yep, yep, I would definitely um uh, like to do that. It would be be really cool. Seems like there's just ridiculous golf down there um you know and there's obviously like all the all the new stuff that everyone hears about but just seems like so much stuff that you know no one even knows that's just insane from the pictures that i see um and then honestly like just like want to go back to england and just like play like heathland golf and you know go out like east and do all that stuff and just go all over. I, I went there right before construction at the tree farm and spent, you know, like 10 days there or nine days and, you know, saw a lot of really cool places, obviously, but, you know, not, not nearly enough. Seems like there's just so much more. That's the way I feel about everywhere. I get somewhere, <laughs> I spend some time there, and then I, I leave with a longer list of places I want to see than when I got there, you know? That's the the beautiful thing about about golf. Yeah, I was glad you finally got over to uh, to Scotland and you know saw some saw some good spots. Like yeah, that's big. I got it. I get now. I'm struggling to figure out where I'm going this year. <laughs> so uh, what about you? What about you? Where's where's you know where's somewhere you want to go? You can't I, you can't pick my everywhere. you can't pick mine. I, everywhere. I I you know I think. Um, I want to get to the Highlands of uh, Scotland. England's like super. I feel like I I almost wanted to start in England, um, but obviously with the old course last year, it made too much sense to go over there. Um, and uh, so England's super high on, on my list. I'm con- contemplating Ireland, maybe maybe doing uh, Ireland. I don't know. It's it's hard. I've I've like I've been like dabbling thoughts of like just getting because i can fly direct to new zealand like just literally getting on a plane one day i've got a buddy that uh moved out there who 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 takes care of a really nice course there that i've been thinking about visiting for like since he moved out there so uh he always sends me he sends me pictures like uh once every month or so and it's it's always like what am i doing why am i getting out there (laughs) so i've got it's hard though because like you know, you get these construct these projects that are about to be done. Like, you know, like when you look at um, Australia, like I I don't want to go now until that seven mile beach is done, right? And I want to see that. And yeah, and then they're building the other one right there, five mile beach, like just right on the yeah. other side, right? So it's like then you got to wait for that. But if you do that, then you're just there's always another one coming. You know what I mean? It's that's like, that's exactly it. And it's like, and then it's like, yeah. So I don't know. I ideally like I 
I always think like if the ideal world is is setting up like a shop in the UK for like a a month and um and and bringing the whole bringing the whole road show that we uh, this little ties the whole pod together. It's just bringing the road show, buckling in for a for a thirteen hour flight with a toddler oh and, and just going for it. <laughs> yeah, shows on the road. I like it. I so, mean, you can do it. You can do it. Where should I go? You tell me. I mean, New Zealand seems pretty ridiculous. You could take you could take the wife and kids there, and I think they would they would have more fun than than uh, you know anywhere else, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where I end up going this year. I'm pumped. I'm uh, just just thinking about it is fun. You know, that's like half the fun is is. I mean, it's also that as somebody who struggles making decisions. Sometimes it's it's all debilitating. I can't make a decision. That's half the problem. You just need a you just need to pick out of the uh, like the jar, right? You have like seven <laughs> good spots, and you're like, you know, oh, I'm going to Ireland. How how did you pick coming here? I put all the names in a hat and pulled out one of them, and and that's where I I decided to go. That's the part of that. I the way I want to do it though. The and I think I've said this before on the pod, like. Is like I my favorite thing is finding is going to like some of the lesser known stuff like you were talking about with like New Zealand. Like there are a lot of big name places there, but there's like I have a list of smaller courses that haven't really been, you know, touristed out that I want to yeah. see. And I think when I, I think about I want to go to like small areas and be in that area. I don't want to be driving a car around a lot when I go to the yeah. UK. Like I want to go to a small area and just knock out everything in the area. Yeah. And so, so I've just like locked myself into like 20 years of, of visits before I see everything <laughs> I want to see. Good golf for 20 years. I like it. All right, ZB. Thanks for coming on in the middle of the tournament. Good luck the rest of the week. We'll see you on the weekend. Um, and then you'll, you'll get your Sunday free to, you'll be driving up to Pebble Sunday. Yeah. 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 That's the plan. We'll I'll see you next week down there. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Uh, big thanks to Matt Rusius, who produced and edited this podcast. He's been a big help. And uh, a quick reminder, we are cooking in Club TFE. We are, uh, there's daily content. We are now almost a month in. We have been really proud of our output in there. Uh, there is daily articles uh, during the week uh, that are posted to the website, as well as a vibrant discussion uh, section on each of the posts. And uh, I think everybody's been really uh, pleased with, with Club TFE. This week, we just did our first uh, member Q&A. Very interactive, a fun, uh, loose hangout that is posted there. So if you're interested, it's $120 for the entire year. And you can join at thefriedegg.com slash membership. Uh, that is uh, thefriedegg.com slash membership. And uh, it's, it's a big big support to the Fried Egg, what we're doing. And uh, we're really excited for the continued growth of this. And uh, and we're, uh, we've got some big plans for where it's going in the future uh, with some, some new developments and some additions. So thanks again. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in Club TFE. And if not, we will see you next week on this podcast with some new episodes. Thanks. Have a great weekend.